The journey begins, the adventure starts. Fasten your seatbelt so we can go. October 28, 2003, Cambridge, Massachusetts, United States. Four Harvard students have finished creating a website that has left the whole campus shaken. This is history due to three topics. One, they created a website on the go. Two, they hacked university servers. And three, they made Harvard networks to go down. Luckily, this would just be the beginning of something much larger. Today, we tell the great adventure of the creation of Facebook. Good morning, day or evening, this is 1459. Welcome once again today with this new episode number 6 which is titled Goodbye Sweet Innocence in which we'll comment the details of how the largest social network in history was made. Although there are some movies and books around, there have never been 100% accurate truthful to the real story, which included betrayals, lies and obsessions. So we start up the engine of the DeLorean and we set sail heading for the past. Let's go! In order to do it, we have to understand how Mark Zuckerberg was before going to college. His father taught him how to write code since he was very young, even to the point of hiring Hewlett-Packard programmers as private tutors. Being only 12, Mark created a primitive communications tool between the computers at home and the ones at his father's dental clinic, like the Messenger app, but years before AOL or Microsoft released the official versions. He was also used to have friends painting around and Mark would create video games on the go based on those images. Furthermore, he would create signups, a smart app playing music and learning via artificial intelligence your taste in music. When Microsoft tried to purchase it, he uploaded it to the cloud for free. However, computers were not the only thing for Mark. He was the captain of the fencing team and he even got a classic diploma, as he was an enthusiast of the Greek and Roman mythologies. Already in Harvard, in his first week there, he developed the website Course Match, a place where people could choose what classes to attend so they could be with their friends there, and also to create study groups. But the website that would give him notoriety and would create controversy would happen on his second year there, and that's the one we started the episode with. You cannot understand Facebook without priorly knowing FaceMash. Contrary to popular belief, when he created FaceMash, he was already in a relationship with Priscilla Chan, who would be his girlfriend throughout college, and who he would marry eventually. Even like this, FaceMash was a website created by Mark on a day he'd had a few beers. It was in his dorm room in Kirkland, one of the 12 student residences in Harvard, on this October 28, 2003, when, along with his roommates, they decide to do a prank web. Although the original idea was to compare women to farm animals in order to rate their attractiveness, 
they ditched the idea and decided to compare two girls against each other. This would be the main difference compared to other websites, which would just rate the attractiveness on a 0 to 10 scale. The element of comparing two girls against each other was in fact new. While he was blogging the entire process, Mark realized he needed the pictures of the Harvard girls to upload them to the Facemas web. Back in 2003, each student was given a physical book with the names of the freshmen that year and what dorm room they would be in. But in the digital world, things were different. There was not an archive with every student data. Every dorm room had their own digital archive and there were not two that were even similar. For the next six hours, Mark was one by one entering into the dorm room's websites and creating small programs that would allow him to access the photographs, all from his dorm room. Once he did it, he finished the web. He, with his other three roommates, sent emails with a web link to their contacts. The number of visits the web received was so huge that Harvard asked two days later to take it down, as parts of the Harvard network were affected due to the traffic. The problem would go even farther. Both CoreSmash and FaceMash were hosted in Harvard servers. Mark was charged with breach of security, for the copyright of the images and also for violation of privacy. Although he was about to be expelled, the charges were dropped. Making the most of his inventiveness when he had to prepare for an art exam, instead of studying for it, he uploaded the images to a new webpage opened up the comment section to anyone who wanted to contribute, and then he took all the information that people provided on it to keep the most important stuff. These three webs, CourseMatch, FaceMatch and this ArtWeb, would teach him the key elements to create the ultimate web. However, there would be one essential episode in the story. After the commotion caused by FaceMash, the Winklevoss twins saw in Mark the kind of programmer they required for their web, Harvard Connection. They were one year into the development, but their previous programmers had left them with the unfinished code, and Mark couldn't it so they could launch the web. Having said this, on November 25th, 2003, Mark on one side and the Winklevosses, along with Divya Narendra, agreed on some terms. Mark would get access to Harvard Connection source code, and after an initial evaluation, he commented positively about being able to complete it. He wouldn't be paid in salary, but in sweat equity. Harvard Connection was literally a social network where people could add other people as friends, send them messages, and upload their content to their profiles, notifying their contacts. Although this seems very natural nowadays, it was a complete revolution back in 2003. During the following days, Mark Zuckerberg communicated with Narendra and the Winklevosses that due to the tight schedule of the university and the deadlines, he was working on a slower pace than usual. At the beginning, he showed no objections toward completing his tasks. However, without telling anyone, he started to work on his own project. It would be called the Facebook. The similarities between both were multiple. Both were original social networks for the time, both would be exclusive, 
as only people from Harvard would be able to register in the beginning. Both would be ready for expanding into other colleges. Both had the component of taking the social interaction from the streets to the internet. On January 12th, Mark would ally with Eduardo Sabrin for this new project aside from Harvard Connection. Eduardo Sabrin was not at that center around computers as Mark, but had enough funds to finance half of the project. Eduardo has just earned $300,000 that very summer due to his investments and his wide expertise in meteorology. He knew how to identify patterns about the formation of hurricanes so he could guess before anyone the oil futures. Eduardo accepted immediately and both him and Mark contributed with $1,000 each. On February 4th, Mark would register the Facebook.com. The landing page would state, The Facebook is an online directory that connects people through social networks in colleges. We have opened the Facebook for all people in Harvard. You can use the Facebook to search for people at your school, find out who are in your classes, look up your friends' friends, to see a visualization of your social network. In one week, half of Harvard went using it. In three weeks, there were 6,000 registered people. In just one month since opening, 10,000. In just 15 days more, 20,000. Everyone was talking about it, and Mark had learned from his mistakes. He was not the one to upload the information. Servers of the Facebook were not hosted in Harvard and all the users provided all the info themselves without stopping to acknowledge the consequences. They posted photos online, what they liked, which movies they identified themselves with, what classes they were attending. There was no copyright infringement. And while security was a priority, since users had to provide their real name, Mark cleaned up his image after the Facebook scandal. While the Winkle bosses sent Mark a cease and desist letter, the Facebook was expanding to other universities at a dicing pace, crushing any other social network that tried to compete with it, adding the other network's new features. Sometimes, they got to half of the people in one university, like Dartmouth, in just 24 hours. Dustin Moskowitz was in charge of looking up the universities and adapting them to the Facebook. Chris Hughes was in charge of the graphic design. Mark adapted the code to the new ideas coming up. Eduardo Sabrin was looking for a way to make the Facebook profitable. Mark and him put another $10,000 each for the servers and the storage costs that were required. In order to make the whole process completely legal, they created a company established in Florida called The Facebook. Mark would have 65% of the shares, Dustin Moskowitz 5%, and Eduardo Sabrin 30%. After this, they would meet Sean Parker, creator of Napster, the first massively used application for computers to download and share music that would change the music industry forever. His two only tips that night were not to worry about the ads and changing the Facebook for 
Facebook, Dropping the Duh, Cleaner. In May, they had 100,000 users. On summer 2004, Mark and Dustin went to Palo Alto, California, to expand the Facebook around there. However, Eduardo went to New York to look for advertisers for the Facebook. When they reached California, Mark and Sean Parker reunited. Sean joined them living in their apartment in exchange for Mark and Dustin to use his car. Sean was designated as president of the Facebook. He would get them the first external investment in the company. Peter Thiel, renowned co-creator of PayPal along with Elon Musk from Tesla, invested $500,000 for 10.2% shares of the company, which would provide a total valuation of approximately $5 million for the Facebook. This allowed them to scale the server's capacity always 10 times more than what was required, so users would never have connection issues. And in that very moment, when everything was going smoothly, it would be the moment where everything would begin twisting. There would be trials, betrayals, the international expansion, the private emails published on the press, the scandals. But all of this and more will comment it next week here in the same place. 1459 is a podcast for discovering certain events and people through history preventing them to be forgotten. Although you are listening to the English version, there is a version in Spanish of this same episode that you can find in Podbean or in any of the major social networks. Every week there will be a new episode as well as an archive with all the previous episodes for free. Thank you for your time and for listening to 1459 Podcast. I have composed and produced all the music in the background specifically for this podcast in order to be properly set. This has been Goodbye Sweet Innocence. Next week we will finish the story of the creation of Facebook in episode 7 which is titled New Generation Slave. Until then, be good. Oh, 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 oh,